Hi, I'm Zanine Rasmus, and welcome again to another COVID-19 special edition of the Weekly Wrap podcast brought to you by Farmers Weekly. This is the third episode in this special edition in which Sabrina Dean, one of our journalists, will be conducting interviews with prominent leaders in the agriculture and agribusiness sector to get a sense of how the pandemic and related restrictions are affecting trade in the farming sector. As in the previous editions, I will also share a quick update on some of the top news articles featured on our website. During this period, we have been increasing the amount of news articles published on farmersweekly.co.za just to make sure that our readers can stay up to date with everything happening in the local and global farming sectors. Before we get to that news update, though, here is Sabrina, who speaks to Jakut Westhuizen for this episode. So, Jakut Westhuizen, um, you are the CEO of the RSA Group, Fresh Produce Agents. I think you have a presence at just about all of the fresh produce markets across South Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we are across the major markets, and then we are on four private markets throughout the country, and then we also have a presence selling into retail, ShopRite, Woolworth, Pick and Pay, and then we have a substantial export business in the export channel. Okay, now as with everybody else, you have been impacted by what the rest of South Africa is going through, COVID-19, a disease pandemic, restrictions, lockdown, fresh produce and essential service, but not been without its hiccups in this last while. But talk our listeners out there through how market agents like yourself have responded to the pandemic in terms of ensuring the safety of your personnel and the clients who come to the market. Thanks, Sabrina. I think on markets, we understood that there could be a possible lockdown. Initially, there was an anticipation that markets could be on lockdown, but that came through the minister that it's going to be an essential service. We understood it. And a week before lockdown, we started to move administrative staff into teams and moved a big portion of the administrative teams off-site and working on a shift basis in terms of who comes into the market to the offices that's going to be support for the trading teams. On the trading teams, it was a little bit more difficult because markets is quite a congested place, but we also looked at different days. But from a macro perspective, we instituted sanitary or sanitization protocols very early. Um, We've always had it in the offices, but then we expanded it onto the floors And from the lockdown perspective, we started to engage with producers in terms of their protocols that they are instituting because most of the producers that we deal with are also in the export business. So they've got to comply with world standards in terms of backhouse protocols, etc. I suppose that must have helped to an extent because, I mean, already there are very, very high and stringent sanitary uh, protocols in place. So, for example, if you get to a carrot factory, hand washing is a priority already as a mindset. So I'm assuming that that helped a little bit. Um, but the fact you're dealing with fresh produce, a fresh perishable product, meant that you had to take these kinds of actions. Absolutely, and you spot on in terms of the stringent protocols in place at pack houses, etc. 
and then markets to some extent have always lagged in terms of infrastructure spend but we had to overcome it quite quickly and in in our private markets a few years ago we took unprecedented steps in terms of having the floors as a gap in terms of protocols etc and then in this year we accredited the Pretoria market tomato and vegetable floor we got an accreditation We've got an in-house food safety specialist, Vanessa Retief, that's helping us with all of those protocols. And then, yeah, we, we leveraged off our producers and then implemented as much as we can with the market's help. I think market management came into the fray and did what they could do. There were constraints, but I think we overcame them as we understood what the practical implications is going to be in terms of controlling the buyers, in terms of social distancing, painting yellow feet on the floor. From a trading perspective, that's always difficult because people want, they worry more about getting product than sometimes applying the social distancing protocols because they want product. They want to be able to choose their product that they know they can go and sell or whatever. So it's, it's difficult to control that. But I think we've done it to do more than a, just a greater extent. And then markets also started to implement after hours, sanitizing the market, cleaning it up. And I think if we think about what should be in place post-COVID-19, post-lockdown, is certainly sanitization protocols that's going to be maintained, I think, forever going forward to some extent. You're right, we're dealing in fresh produce, and we do that every day. We clean the market floors, etc. but we're taking it one step up in terms of maintaining the sanitization protocols in terms of floors. I think that's going to be one of the things that we're going to maintain. The new normal um, is what everybody is talking about far and wide. I think a lot of these things have been coming. A lot of these things are now, as you say, things you'd like to keep in place post this. But there have been hiccups here and there. What have you noticed as significant disruptions, especially in our local supply chains, shortages of any fresh produce since the start of lockdown, anything like that? I know Farmers Weekly did a story about garlic prices that had doubled suddenly. Yeah, and that could be prescribed to various reasons from a garlic and ginger perspective, you know, perceived health benefits, but also I think the supply chain got disrupted in terms of imported garlic from China that does play a role in our local consumption. And when you think about the logistical constraints that came with lockdown in the sense of you can't transport people the same way that you did maybe in the past, where you've got a big lorry, et cetera, where you go and you pick up labor to come to farm, you can't do that anymore. Now you've got to have limited numbers in terms of that. So it influences potentially your harvesting of product that will obviously then have an impact in terms of supply. And if there's specific heightened demand for that product, there will be price shifts in terms of it because that's the the supply and demand and price discovery that plays a role. If it's short and there's a higher demand, the price will move. That's natural. But it certainly changes in supply chains where restaurants and the hospitality trade basically came to a standstill. So suddenly parts of where the hospitality trade would be on markets, would be buying large potatoes, suddenly that market was gone and that obviously again that influenced lower prices in that category for that specific size product because suddenly there was too much of it and then obviously with restaurants and all of that trade that was linked to that that came into the market in the morning bought the basket and then supplied all of the coffee shops the restaurants etc had an impact suddenly avocados stood still a little bit 
and, mm. and prices came down. And we traditionally in an RA apple season, it's a normal sort of season, lots of product, and apple prices are under pressure, under stress. Conversely, some other product lines, prices are on the up. There's a heightened demand for tomatoes and cabbage and the basic stuff because people now eat at home and instead of buying a little small bag of potatoes, they would buy a bag of pumpkins and a bag of butternuts because that will last them because they don't know when they can go to the shop again. So those things certainly picked up and there was a heightened demand for that type of product. As you're mentioning, you know, one of the challenges there being transport and logistics around stop, as we know, vegetable and fruit production for that matter, incredibly labor-intensive horticulture as a whole, very labor-intensive specifically yeah. at certain seasons. So that would be challenging despite this being an essential service. You know, you can transport half or a quarter of the amount of people in one go that you might have in the, in the past, which then yeah. feeds through to profitability, etc. Et yeah, and the free market immediately senses those signals. There's not a delay in terms of the signal that's coming from the fresh produce market. It's immediate. It senses that immediately. The demand's visible. The lack of supply is visible. And then that interaction will then cause price movement. Certainly, it interprets all of these seemingly invisible influences, it interprets it immediately and gives it through to the market. I mean, that immediacy is something a lot of people don't take into account. And then, of course, there is also vast levels of uncertainty among everybody. I mean, as a global thing, as everybody wonders how to deal with this. But one of the initial stumbling blocks we noticed in South Africa in our first week of lockdown was the initial suspension of trade by informal traders. And I'm sure you guys were able to see how this affected trade demand, everything, the operations there at the market. I think some of the that's quoted is something like 60% of the produce traded through Joburg market, for example, is believed to go into the informal market eventually. So we had that, but now permits having been issued, hopefully this is now normalized after the new regulations were published. What has been your experience? Sabrina, I think certainly that first week we saw the impact of the restrictions that were in place in terms of informal trade. And together with that, you had the the movement where taxis also could only take a certain amount of people. And we definitely felt the impact in terms of staff movement on the one side and also in terms of the informal trade that normally had free access. But I think there was some form of anticipation to that the week before. Also, specifically in terms of cross-border trade, there was an anticipation that there could be a lockdown coming and we don't exactly know how it's going to pan out. So that was part of maybe heightened buying just in the week of the lockdown, but certainly it influenced demand cycles in the early parts of the lockdown because the informal trade was restricted. I think that number of 60% is high. I don't think it's 60%, but it's a substantial portion of fresh produce sales on markets is to the informal trade. But, you know, I think we sometimes we have to caution informal trade sometimes because I think there's formal trade in informal trade that I think we sometimes misjudge. But it's a very, very important part of the market's trading in that space. 
it's a difficult, difficult, difficult time, and it also impacts directly on people's food security at ground level. Uh, your your thoughts on access to fresh produce for South Africans during lockdown? Are they getting? I think from that perspective, if it wasn't for the markets, there would have been a huge problem. Markets had the ability to be a distribution point where a vast majority of the community can get product because there is product for everybody from the highest grade to lower grades and that is what makes markets even more relevant in a lockdown environment than ever before. So I do think we've got product to people but obviously in terms of logistical issues there could have been cases where it would have gotten there under normal circumstances with lockdown, it didn't get there. But I think people made a plan around it. That could have had an influence of product reaching the far corners of the country would be logistical constraints, not necessarily supply constraints. That could potentially happen when, when you really have outbreaks of the virus in concentrated areas. Then you could have problems like that where you can't get in because it's locked down. And you'd have to find a mechanism where, where and how product is then getting distributed. And that's, again, coming back to that new normal and how we are going to be reigniting and getting the economy going in the coming months and coping with what is influencing everybody across the world. Now, Yaku, as to the changes to the way in which you are doing business because of the pandemic, are these going to also have a lasting impact on how your business operates going forward, either good or bad? Sabrina, I, certainly I think potentially when we look at how markets operate in the past and you've got this vast concentration of people and the sort of energy that was on markets, it's vibrant but it's chaotic in the morning, but it's also that sort of disciplined chaos that exists on markets. It's product coming in, people buying product, price discovery being affected, and it sometimes looks like it's chaos, but there's a sense to it. A very uh, dynamic kind of environment, but one yeah. that, that makes sense, a method to the madness. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, potentially, the impact of COVID-19 is going to change the way I think we look at markets, we're going to certainly look at, at a more definitive segmentation in terms of market. And you could see technology helping us in being able to serve the farmers' customers differently and potentially better. And you might see less of the chaos and more of a, of a tech-supported sales environment. We could be seeing a scenario where you might have an Amazon type or a um, type process being installed in pockets of trade okay. and not necessarily to the consumer but more to the business. So it would be business to business trade that are facilitated by a virtual market. I think we are not far from that. Okay, fantastic. A lot of things that could be developing, a lot of, you know, ways of streamlining efficiencies, ways of cutting down on logistical costs, ways of communicating and staying in touch with your farmers, your suppliers, your producers, um, and your clients, uh, at the end of the day, the retailers, everybody. So let us hope that out of all of this, as we all continue trying to keep our heads above water for this period and look for where we're going to make landfall over the next 
next couple of weeks and how we're going to climb out and dry off and shake us off together and get going. Um, let us let us hope that there are more silver linings than stormy clouds in the future. No, I, it's all, I think it's silver linings all over. And I do believe that people rediscover the importance of fresh produce and the health benefits of fresh produce and rediscover the important role that free markets play in the distribution of fresh bodies on a daily basis to a vast amount of people that in other circumstances would just not have been possible. We are really, really blessed in terms of the marketing channels that are available to our producers, and that has enabled, I think, South Africa to have uh, sustainable food security specifically in fresh available to them. Thank you so much. We have been speaking to Yaku Ulisteis, and he's the CEO of the RSA Group, one of the major uh, market agents operating at various markets, private and uh, state-owned markets across South Africa. Thanks so much for that, Yaku. Thank you, Sabrina. All the best. Thank you, Sabrina, and thank you to Yaku for speaking with us. And um, we wish everyone working at the fresh produce market during this time the best of luck and keep safe on those markets so that we can keep the supply chains working through this time. Some of the latest stories up on our website now. I'm going to start with the global fiber demand that's been faltering due to COVID-19. And this has been affecting both the cotton and the wool industries. According to the International Cotton Advisory Committee, due to the effects of COVID-19, the the near-term and medium-term future for cotton trade and textile industry is very uncertain. And then also, according to the International Textile Manufacturers Federation, the global textile industry has already experienced a 31% decline in orders by early April this year. And then just quickly, if we take a look at the local wool industry, Um, Leaders from the National Wool Growers Association of South Africa saying that farmers should not make any irresponsible decisions in the short term. While there might be some disruptions in trade, they believe that wool will always earn a place in the market. And that's according to Leon de Beer, the general manager of National Wool Growers. Another story, so as we've just heard from Yakubu the supply chains are functioning well. That does not mean that it's been business as usual for farmers, farmers in many industries facing lower prices due to a drop down in demand. And this is especially for those product lines that are supplied to restaurants, hotels, and the rest of the hospitality industry, such as potatoes and lettuce. And these products at the moment are in oversupply on the local fresh produce market, which has caused prices to drop down quite a bit. And then just a last news story to look at today, some good news as big names in the agri-value chain have started to contribute in the fight against COVID-19. For example, Ilovo Sugar South Africa now increasing the production of ethanol that they can supply to the health sector for the manufacture of sanitizer products. Similarly, South African Breweries, which is owned by International Brew, Brew Brewing Company, ABM InBev also increasing the amount of alcohol being produced for hand sanitizer. And then John Deere International has said that at its factory in Illinois, it has harnessed open source design from the University of Wisconsin-Madison for the manufacture of protective face shields. 
for today. Thank you for listening. And again, remember to follow us on social media at Farmers Weekly SA. For our next edition in this podcast series, we will be speaking to Dr. John Purchase, the CEO of Agbiz, about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected agribusinesses in South Africa. In the meantime, stay safe and happy farming.